Computers are weird and complicated and confusing. <clears throat> and no matter how smart you think people are, they will always find a new way to surprise you. Like someone who put their service into desktop mode and didn't know how to get it back. Hello and welcome to Interface. My name is Andrew Liljain. With me, as always, is Chase Musil and Ian Fuchs. Good day, sir. You surprise <laughs> us all. Oh. How's it going, guys? It's good. It's good. Andrew with the jokes before the show. Oh, man. I'm the king of the jokes with a Z. Quality. Mm. With a Q. Yeah. Quality with a Q. Quality with a Q. But a W, actually. I like to, I like to mix it up K-W-A-L-I-T-Y. <laughs> quality so wow. jace i heard that uh you were jealous that the other microsoft interns got some good services and all you got was a junky one <laughs> ah, that's a trick they're all junky yeah <laughs> oh. oh there it is yeah no the interns this year got that's fine i got we got to listen to maroon 5 and they got people i didn't know so i think the um, people that you listened to were actually better you know what <laughs> if you can name the mystery people, that's fine. Anyway. I don't know. I wasn't there. Sir, well, well, so yeah, you don't really yeah. know then. No, you um, got me there. <laughs> yeah, they got Surface Books, which is fantastic. Uh, well, the previous uh, year got Surface 3s and not not Pros, just Surface 3s, which was the tablet, tablet-like one that could run right, It was like the Windows RT versus Windows 10 or whatever, right? Uh, sort of. It was the like it's the one step after that though, where there was it was past RT where it could actually run Windows. But it but so, it couldn't run all desktop apps or something, wasn't that like? Y- the, yes, it could. That? No, the RT the RT was that. Yeah, it was like it, the RT was a confusing model of Surface. It's like here you can run only the Metro or whatever they Tab- called it, tablet you know, apps. But it wasn't that you could apps. also, but you could secretly run Windows on it too. But it was garbage because it was slow and it wasn't optimized for touch. For RT, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but those are gone, and, and they recognize they're terrible. So the 3 came out, and it was like, hey, the minimum specs for our low-end tablet are good enough to actually run Windows. So that's what well, I had. Okay, so I, I want to ask, like, what was bad about it? Is it that... Because Yeah, you could say it was either underpowered, which I disagree with, because it was more power, powerful than an iPad, and yet people weren't buying it. And I think the difference be- came down to the fact that they were trying to make... Windows run the same on everything. I just don't think people wanted Windows tablets. That's I. I don't think right. there's any other difference. Like the power wasn't a big deal. It's just nobody wanted people largely right. don't want Windows tablets. And you can make Windows right. work for mobile or whatever. And you can and there's good arguments to be had where it does work for mobile in quite a few places. But that paradigm shift is not going to come easily. Like Windows is for computers. Windows is not right. for tablets. And I think trying to convince the general public of that is a it's weird trying to put a desktop operating system on a touch device, a mobile touch device. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's the, with their failure. Yeah, I was. think that's... Wait, okay, but, but it had a keyboard and a mouse, so you didn't need to even use the touch stuff. All I'm saying is like... Then why was it there? To, you could still use it. Okay, so... But why would you? This is exactly why the Surface was a problem. It's because it, it was, this it is was like, And this is why it's a problem. ...about what it was yes. trying to be. I'm yeah. a laptop, but I'm yes. a tablet, yeah. so I'm like half-baked well, of both I mean, of those. The Surface Book is the same thing. No, so the surf book, the Surface Book makes less concession to be a tablet. Right. It make, it's closer to the laptop end of the spectrum because if you were to never touch the – so the Surface Book is effectively a laptop with a touchscreen that has the option of being disconnected and doing tablet-like things. If you so choose to do tablet-like things, I think the majority of people don't. 
Um, I think mostly what the service book finds success in is because it's an OEM sponsored piece of hardware. That's actually a very good piece of hardware, but it's not, although people would like to think, I don't know this for sure. I think that in an ideal world, you'd like to think that the service book is being sold because people want the option to detach it to use as a tablet. My guess is that the sales would be pretty comparable, if not the same, if they just made a nice laptop. I agree. And I think they could do better if they made a nice laptop. Well, and and you... Okay. For me, I look at like the uh, the transformers, and the, obviously outside of Microsoft yep. stuff, yeah, robots in disguise. Right. Um, <laughs> Asus bots. Okay, should put it in. Um, the uh, the transformers and convertibles or whatever they have of the laptops now, where they yeah. they fold in half or twist around or whatever shape shift mm-hmm. into a tablet, right. and they're basically saying we're going to do that same thing or offer that same functionality in our Surface except that we're not going to have to do all the weird hinges and swivels and whatever to do it. You just lift out the tablet, and now you have a tablet if you need to do a tablet-y type task on it. So, but, Mm -hmm. but, but why? why? Like, I can, I I can't think of a single situation in which I'm using a desktop interface, and I thought, you know what? The task that I'm doing right now can be better accomplished through touch. It's, It's the solution to Chase's scrolling. It's... I can sit on. You can sit there and scroll on the side of the screen with your thumb, yep. but you can still do all okay. your other interactions. But it doesn't have to come apart and become a tablet. It could just be a laptop with a touch screen at that point, which right. also exists. Right, exactly. But but which, so my question then is like, why would you bother even adding touch features to something that is optimized to use with a mouse? Right, because so, the difference between a touch, like I'm looking at my my interface right now on OS X, and it'd be a nightmare to try to hit these little buttons with my big chubby finger, just because they're they're not designed for that. No one's asking you to do that on Windows either. That's that's not what's happening. So there's there's features that are baked into into t- applications that are made on the like if you want to call them like the mobile application, uh, right. what apps or whatever, just like the Windows apps. Although the it's so the ambiguity between the two is really anyway it's hard to differentiate what's an app and what's a program or whatever right but right if you think of mobile apps the ones that are actually made to be used on touch those are clearly defined with touch in mind and then they look just like any other like mobile operating system application more or less right the windows flavor of it um but no one's asking you to do touch on your desktop application just like you wouldn't like if you don't want to do touch on osx you don't need to right well since it's not an option anyway but um yeah, I don't. I, I think the big picture though here, here is that no one's trying to convince you that you can do your desktop applications or desktop, you know, productivity things better on a mobile device. It's if you want to use it as a mobile device in scenarios when you would want a mobile device, you have the option. It seems to be the compromise is based around the option. And I know that you like. So I'm gonna. So when I think of Andrew talking about this, I think of, <laughs> I think of you saying. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, obviously. Well, actually, no, you can't talk. So I'm just That's gonna fine. talk as you. Um, <laughs> So I'm Andrew, and I have my iPad, and I have my MacBook, and I have clear use cases for both of them. And I wouldn't want to do things that are built for mobile on my Mac or on my laptop, and I don't want to do laptop things on my iPad, right? I, I'm going I'm to jump in real quick. I think, you, I think you, what you, what you're right, but I just want to say, like, it's not that I have clear use cases for each one. It's that uh, they each have clear design choices. So what I'm, it's not that I don't do something on my MacBook because I prefer to do it on my iPad. It's that if I'm working on my iPad, I'm working on an application that is designed for the touch interface. Right. So, so sure, I, because the use cases for so the, here yeah. where the, the Surface stuff makes sense is you have a laptop and a tablet. You open Word as a desktop app, and you're doing desktop appy type things, and then you turn to or you lift it out of the thing and you open your Twitter client, which is a mobile app. 
and now you can walk around the house doing your Twitter stuff or watching YouTube videos or whatever on a tablet through the mobile app. So it's the ability to run both. And that's something that I've heard and seen asked for a lot with, with OS X, Mac OS and iOS is the ability to run. And it, it typically goes, I want to run mobile apps on my Mac. So I want to be able to put yeah. overcast or the mobile version of Tweetbot or whatever on my, my Mac right. and run right. that and use the, the touchpad or trackpad as the, uh, um, the way to interact with the sure. touch screen. So I want to be able to run my mobile apps on my laptop for whatever reason. Like I, I really don't like the, well, nobody likes iTunes, for example, the, the <laughs> Mac app of iTunes, but I don't totally hate the music app on the iPhone. If I could use iTunes as the music app on my computer, I would do that mm-hmm. hands down almost every time as opposed to using mm-hmm. iTunes on my computer. So it's, it's the yeah. idea that you can run both on a single device. I see. And I think that's where Microsoft is trying to find that niche is we're a, a laptop and a tablet and you can run both apps. You don't want to do tablety things typically on a desktop, but you can, and you don't want to do desktop things on a tablet, but you can. Yeah. I think, I think the compromise is super intentional, but that what we talked about before is still that the messaging is muddled because it's hard to, t- to sell somebody it's like, oh no, you can do, you can run, you know, YouTube, your mobile YouTube on here or whatever and watch shows. And then you can plug it into the keyboard and type emails. People are like, wait, why would I do that? Right? Like it doesn't seem clear right. why you would need that. I think once you have it, you find use cases, you're like, oh, this is handy. And then the greater point I was trying to make earlier though, when I, like you having two separate devices, Andrew, is that we're, and I have multiple devices, whatever, Ian has multiple devices. We're super lucky. We have multiple, like relatively high-end pieces of hardware. If you were going to the store and shopping for a single device that like you wanted to get for your mom so she could do like mobile-esque things, but also be able to plug a keyboard in for email, the Surface is not the worst compromise right. you could make. So I think that there's a clear well, use. I'm, I think there's a clear, no, 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 I get no, it. I, I get, yeah. And I get that you can totally plug a keyboard in an iPad and I think that'd be the same solution. Maybe, okay, you're not going there, but I think that would be a, like an equally good solution for most people or whatever, or a Chromebook, right? But I'm saying that you can see where that use case makes more sense because, oh, it's this thing where I don't have to have multiple and it actually serves all the needs I have. Right, and, and I totally agree with you. I think the thing that makes it less effective than an iPad at the keyboard is that on the iPad, everything is optimized for the iPad interface. Yes. Right, like it's, it's optimized. Everything is for touch. Whereas on the Surface Book, you have this weird mix of some things are, some things are not. Mm-hmm. And I can totally see like my mom getting in a situation, well, not my mom, my grandma getting in a situation where she... Like is trying to use like the Windows 10 desktop in touch mode because that's the only app because she has an application for both but she only knows how to run it from the desktop right. mode, mm-hmm. and I think it's a shame and just a, a blunder that they have two modes like that's just not. I mean, I don't. I, so there's there's one clear thing that you can do. Like I don't know how much you've used Windows these days. No, I know you do. I use it um, just to run Steam Big Picture. <laughs> right. So like you. So actually, you interacting with Windows. Windows is not that much. It's like as much right. as I interact with Mac OS. Right. Um, I mean, I use Windows Seven for work, but. That's a sure. Well, that's, that's not the same thing, though. So, like, the main difference though is like if you can you can click one button that goes that takes you to tablet mode in Windows 10, mm-hmm. and that takes away like it takes away the bottom start um, menu bar and menu everything. like yeah well yeah well start menu converts into like the metro UI like like the sort right. of half measure for the Windows 8 or whatever, Long but you can still take UI. it full screen or whatever. 
But yeah, I think it's mo- unfortunate modern. that it has. There's a mode like that, but you don't. But that's not the way people do it. Is I, what I'm I getting to. The, like, they, there's a clear thing that you do it. And the only reason this even switches for most people that have services is because it happen, You can have it set up to do it automatically when you unplug your keyboard. Otherwise, right. no one really does it. What happens mm-hmm. is if you want to use a touch app, you just launch the touch app and then use it with your finger. Right? Like, you don't have yeah. to make this. You don't have to switch to tablet mode. So, it's. It's way blurrier than what we're making it out to be because they really are. It's more like what Ian's saying, where you want to use the mobile app, but you just want to have it up next to Chrome. Right. So, uh, and you can do that. The two apps and you can side totally do side, that using a mobile and a desktop yeah. app in the same yeah. environment. Yes. Yeah. And you can take advantage of all the system utilities, right, for the mobile app. So, the main. So, oh, really I think good. it's a. I think the compromise is totally worth it. It's just, it's confusing messaging. And then the bigger problem actually that we haven't even discussed is that the Windows store is just severely lacking was, in quality apps relative to iOS the, or the Google content Play. on the surface and on the windows store and windows, windows, not windows mobile, but windows mobile apps. Um, yeah, which are just, which are just windows well, 10 apps now. Windows 10 windows apps 10 that are designed to be oh my God. mobile apps. No, no, no. With a mobile no, interface and touch-friendly, like apps that are designed this in is, that. This is mentality. indicative of the entire problem. No, I know that's what I'm saying, and I, I'm totally like, on board. That type of app, that. that type of app, just is is harder to come by, especially in, in good quality. I mean, you like Twitter is a great example because, like, on iOS, there's what like eight seven eight hundred seventy-five thousand Twitter apps out, something like that. You know, almost a million mm, Twitter Twitter clients. Um, sure. And on Windows, I think there's one, maybe two. That, yeah, are, right. that are touch friendly, and one of them is made by Twitter, and it's basically just a web view in a container. Right. Yeah, it's one and, of them. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of them. So your 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 content there is lacking, which to me is part of yep. the issue of them focusing so much on having tablet based apps or the idea of these convertibles. It's like, well, there's there's really nothing you can do in tablet mode, <laughs> or that you would do with any regularity in tablet mode, and so people aren't using. Yeah, it I think- versus. Uh, on like iOS, there's however many millions of apps in the app store. I don't even think it comes down to apps. For me, I think you have to, you can't compromise when it comes to two widely different styles of input. You have to commit to one. You have to like, you, you have to pick the best interface that fits the user's need in the application right there. So if it's a touch interface, you don't rely on a desktop interface ever. Even if it gives you more power to your users in a certain subset of cases, I think for the average user, and by and large, it's the wrong choice because you have to work with the limitations you have on the platform you have. I don't know. I, I I don't think that I don't think that works in this case because Windows selling desktops first, and then they want to have the option to have the mobile like just they want to have mobile interaction option second. Yeah. I, I, I'm well, not, I don't disagree. I'm just saying like, think about their platform. They're selling desktop computers and really what they're selling is laptops with touchscreens. And so right. the vast majority of things that are successful are the things that are built around laptops with touchscreens. They're not built around, like we're talking about using the Twitter client for windows. I don't know how many people actually do that. I think most people still just use the, like go to Chrome or whatever, or, you know, like pull up the Twitter website. So I think it's the option of touch that's good. It's not the explicit use of it. And then also, like I think we're over we're over exaggerating Microsoft's care about building mobile apps. Like they don't care if you do or don't use a mobile app. They just want you on Windows. So right, I'm just saying they made bad interface decisions. So in allowing you to even enter desktop mode on touch. So on, on the flip side of but it's or not, that even that modes exist. Yeah. That's crazy. It's crazy to me. That you have a touch device that allows you to switch from a touch optimization, one that has been, applications have been designed and vetted and intended to be used on a touch device. And then you switch, 
you change modes on an interface or on your on your operating system to something entirely different and you could do it on your touch device and now you're dealing with a desktop interface that is designed since the 60s to be used with a mouse and a keyboard it's just like yeah i think so you're getting worked up about something that never happens (laughs) here's the the opposite argument of that if windows went back to having a mobile os and a desktop os the same way that apple has ios versus uh, mac os if windows went back to that the million surfaces they've sold would probably be cut in half because now you can't yeah. run all your desktop apps on it. And when you think of windows, people don't think of mobile well, they had, stuff. They think of desktop stuff. Exactly. They want to do desktop right. app type things. And so that in itself, I feel like is an issue. So they're, they're trying to play to their strength. If you can call it that, which is a desktop experience. It's absolutely a a good laptop. But at the same time, they want to not fall so far behind and not compete in the touch space, the mobile space. I don't know that. I I think that that might have been the motivation like five years ago. I don't think it cares anymore. Yeah. But it's way too late for that. Like, you're right. Stick to your strengths and don't try to merge the two into some sort of horrific Frankenstein. Well, you can't say it's too late for that because they they spent several years trying to do Windows 8 mobile versus. Yeah. No, I know, and, and, and so all and they, of that. So they're they're just trying to figure out what the solution is, and and right now the solution for right. them is to try to make something that's that's universal. And unfortunately, unlike Chrome, which you know the fork of Android that they've made for desktops, which is just mobile apps running on desktop, um, right? Because you're using mobile apps on desktop, which can still be driven with a mouse just as well as they can right. be with touch. You're trying to come the other way, going from a desktop and trying to force it into touch. And so they're at a disadvantage trying to go from desktop to mobile instead of going from mobile to desktop. Yeah. I I mean, like the big picture, I think what Ian's hitting at, like what I'll just echo is that I think Microsoft did a lot of good work with Windows 8 and I think they did a lot of good work with Windows Mobile. The fact that it wasn't successful is not indicative of how well it how well it was designed or how well things work because there's a lot of good things in there. And I think that they're trying to take what worked out of that and still offer that in sort in a compromised package to be sure, in a compromised desktop first package. Because there are right. things that are worth using and there's things that people liked about it, but they're obviously not the slam dunk hits right. that iOS or Android, you know, the alternatives were. So I mean the so desktop interfaces don't work well for touch, but touch works just fine in a desktop interface. Well, uh, that's not true. I mean, I'd say it's usable, but it's not just fine. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say entirely. Okay. Well, yeah, it's usable, but apparently for Microsoft, that means that it's fine. Touch on a non-touch device works better than non-touch on a touch. That's really what what it, yes. when you compare this. But that's exactly the, that's exactly my point. You design an interface for the limitations of the hardware that you have. Right. But no. So and that's fine. But then. Like the point I'll stress here is that no one is forcing you to go desktop mode on your Windows tablet. Like that's not a thing. Although but if you want, I mean, if you go, you can click at, the button, but like no one does. That's not. It's not a and, thing. And, but if you look at the Surface Book advertising on Microsoft's website on their store, it shows their touchscreen, which they're bragging about all over the place in desktop mode, running Photoshop. There's no mobile version of, of Photoshop, fair, right? So, like the commercials they have running on TV, even for the Surface Four, right? That's the current one, Surface Four. Yeah, yeah. All of those commercials where that I'm so and so, and I'm a photographer, and I go here, and I can't do this stuff on an iPad, but or a Mac, but I can do it on sure. my Surface. Is showing them right. in desktop mode. So, so marketing the marketing Microsoft is using 
is it's a laptop. Is conflating what they're trying to do. They're saying, but just make a good right. laptop and then make your interface, your saying, operating oh, system is, designed the best for laptop a mouse you can get. And instead of being a laptop, it's a tablet, which now makes it kind of one of the worst laptops you can get. Well, you can you can make the argument that they've heard that because the next version, like iteration of the Surface Book, is moving further from tablet and closer to laptop. Like they're getting rid of the hinge, they're getting rid of the gap. Like it's going, it's almost going full fledged laptop. So it's just going to be essentially a laptop with a touch screen, but the screen also happens to be a tablet that you can remove. And while that use the use cases are limited for that, there are people who do it. And they're definitely if that's for, if that works for you, that's fine. But it just seems to me that it. It's really, really hard to create an interface that is supposed to work for touch and desktop and provide the power of both in one package, right? And that's why they came with the split. And I don't think the split is an even worse compromise because it's like saying we can't make a choice one way or the other. Oh, I, I think I don't think that's I would I would argue that they're talking more about utility. Like you have the option if you need it, not because we couldn't make up our mind. And also a lot of like I know this isn't true. This is back to like an applications problem, but. A lot of the Microsoft applications, like all of Office Suite, has the like mobile variant of it. Oh my it. god! I will and say it, that the the mobile version or the Office stuff is really good on iPad, and it's and it's the same. And so that exists as a Windows Mobile or whatever. Like it's all here. So if you wanted to switch seamlessly between those two, and then like oh, I really like I don't know if they're missing features or not. Maybe probably some. But whatever your chances are, maybe I just want desktop or whatever happens to be or I want a keyboard, you can plug it in and it will switch to the other mode. Like that stuff, the stuff that's first party clearly is the Im- – that's that's like the only good demo of what they're actually wanting you to use it as. The problem, which we talked about, goes back to the, like the lack of software. So yeah. the fact that there's not a lot of good like mobile stuff built for Windows is the bigger problem here because if there was a really good – you know, if there's like overcast for Windows Mobile or whatever that you wanted to run on the desktop, it wouldn't be a problem on Windows because you could just run it right as an app in its own container. Right. So the the, the flip anyway. side of all of this, on the Apple side of things, <laughs> is mm-hmm. that there is a very heavy slowdown in quality desktop software, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. oh, first like, party well, stuff, not not just third party more than anything. You look at the Mac App Store now, mm-hmm. and I think like your top charts. Like your top fifty paid apps, probably half of them are Apple apps. <laughs> well, that's, that's not where the money is. Anymore. That's the thing is, like desktop apps is just not where you make money. And if it is, it has to be yep. really high end software. Things like Logic, or Panic, or, or Omni or something uh, like that. So, yeah. so I think that's also part of it is that Apple's put such a, f- a force behind their mobile stuff and developing for mobile mm-hmm. that it's made a significant difference in the quality of apps out there, which is why a device like the iPad or iPad pro or whatever can be so much more successful mm-hmm. as a touch device, even though, uh, Apple's latest marketing is basically saying, we're rethinking what a laptop is. A laptop is now this touch device that you can also use a keyboard with. I have a keyboard. Is that a, is that a difference in terminology though? Because like laptop is what people think of as a, a mobile device that lets you do real work. Whereas a tablet is something you watch dumb videos with your kids on. Uh, I think right. Like I, I think they're just. I think they're just. Re, they're using that as a shorthand for saying, "Here's a device you can actually I work on." Because the, they're not trying to make it a laptop in the interface. The idea of what a I laptop think the is. mental model for most people is a laptop is a screen with a keyboard roughly ninety degrees connected to it. Yeah, and right. and so right. they yeah. think, "Oh, that's a laptop." So if your iPad has a keyboard on it, it's now a laptop. And so yeah, I'm and, fine with that. That's, that yeah. I think that is the general. Yeah. Yeah. idea yes it's an ipad you can still touch it and do all the touch things and like the ipad thing flips back and i think the surface one flips back and 
You right. might kind of tuck it right. up and it's still a little thing. But right. the way they're they're kind of positioning it is this is a a laptop alternative that runs iOS that has these great apps that has all these great features and can do especially with the Pro and some of the software improvements in iOS nine and ten. It, it's starting yeah. to edge on being an actual work machine. And but the the clear distinction between this and OS X is that every single application from the bottom up is designed to be used with a big chubby yes. finger. And, and wait, by removing wait. the mouse possibility from the iPad, I think that makes a huge difference. Also, because because you I agree. like again with with the Surface, you can use a mouse or your finger on the screen, whether it's a, a mobile app or a non mobile app, right? Mm-hmm. Versus on the iPad, your only way to physically touch something, uh, hit a button on the screen is I think you can tab through it. If you have a keyboard attached or you smash your finger into the screen, you can't use a mouse there, at there all. There's no way to connect a mouse. There's no, that's interesting because Android has Bluetooth support for, for mice as well. That, God, why would you ever be, want that? The reason, no, I mean, that, because you can run Andromium, Andromium and like a ton of other good desktop right, variants. So that, that makes sense because they need to support it because Chrome OS is built off of that, which is a not always touch, interface where you can now hook a mouse up but i also know that most most so apps on android i don't think actually will so even if you have a mouse paired most yeah, apps won't right, support right. you can't like by no means does that mean that it's going to use you the have mouse. to have yeah, a okay. desktop yeah. app to use the desktop yeah. interface yeah. or the desktop input method right yeah so this is pretty cool i, I did so i didn't know anything about Androni- and and andromium except for the fact that its name is impossible to say and, yeah i know and, andromium and it's really cool but i it allows you to use a mouse and your phone. It's really neat, but it's an, it's an interface that is optimized for a mouse and a keyboard. And I think that's good. I, that's a, that's a good way. To, like, I, it doesn't matter what the kernel is. It's the, the interface on top of it. That's important. And so yeah. you can still use the touchscreen Android. You plug it into this Superbook thing. And now suddenly you get to do the same things with an actual mouse and keyboard. Yeah. That, that's really cool. That you know what really this well. looks just, wow. You know what this thing is exactly like a surface. <laughs> Windows is Windows is built on desktop. Your apps right. are built for desktop use, except for if you want to run the mobile variant, you can right. using whatever input device you have. That's literally the Surface. It's just that this has the, the the nice Google Play Store behind it. But you also can't run the desktop version on your phone, or I mean, not by default. You have to go hack it, hack into it, and yeah, no, that's be- fine. But because it's because it starts phone first instead of desktop first, it means that you don't expect to have the same kind of features out of it on your that you wouldn't have to expect to have feature parity between the desktop and your phone. Right, like you do with Windows, because it's Windows, so you expect to be able to do all the things on Windows, regardless of what system or interface you're in. And that and that leads to all sorts of problems, like not being able to run Photoshop in the touch mode. So you have to switch over to the desktop mode, and suddenly you're using a, a, a mouse and keyboard optimized interface in order to get the work done that you were promised you could do because they said it's Windows. Right, like that's that's the issue. Because so in order to your do issue is that you don't own a mouse and keyboard running Photoshop on Windows on your Windows device. No, my issue is that it's bad to have a mouse and keyboard optimized interface that you have to use touch for. And if you want to do something beyond the basic stuff that's on the application, you have to switch over to that. This all goes back to designing your interface to the lowest common denominator. If, if you can touch it with a finger, you can touch it with a mouse. Right, but, but that's a compromise. That's a bad but compromise. Not, I'm saying if you, if, you, if you optimize for mobile and for touch, and then you replace you the can touch still go backwards. with a mouse, that's much mm-hmm. less of a compromise than right. designing with so that's yeah. the thing is design for sure common Which, denominator. everyone has a finger and can touch a screen if you design for sure. that wow. and then you say now you can also hook up this mouse and move it around and click on it like it, Let, 
Okay, let, let me point out though. The main problems that Andrew finds with all of these are the weird fringe cases that nobody has. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but nobody runs desktop Photoshop and then throws their keyboard and mouse away. Like, that's just not how it's used. So you, let's be you realistic. You have no idea how many people have been begging Adobe to make Photoshop that runs, like, actual Photoshop that runs on an iPad. But here, look at uh, Pixel. No, 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 no. I totally get that. It is, it was yeah. designed as a Mac app first. They, redes- yep. they redesigned it. They made the buttons bigger for the iPad and, and, and they have all these great keyboard shortcuts and everything. That makes total sense. But people want to do Photoshop type stuff with their fingers on a screen. So I don't think that, I I don't think people are actually that far off from that. I don't know if it's that they want to do it with their fingers. I think they want to do it in the form factor of a tablet, which is to say a form factor without a keyboard. Yeah. And that's fine. They can totally do that. I'm just saying that the person who promises they're going to get their their work done that they need to use Photoshop with and they like whoopsie didn't bring a keyboard or mouse with them. That's just not a real thing. No, no, absolutely not. But I'm saying that it becomes a messaging issue whereby you think that you've been able to run Photoshop, but in order to do it on windows, you have to be in the desktop mode because, but it has both all the time. So there's no problem. Like what's, I don't understand. I don't understand what the core See, issue is. I don't, I don't is. think this is an issue of people forgetting their keyboard or whatever and wanting to be able to do this stuff. I think it's people wanting to no longer use the computer. They want to use these new touchscreen devices, so they want to be able to do all the things they do on their tablet now on a touchscreen device. I mean, I, I, I do this every week. I look at Ferret on my iPad, and I'm like, this week I'm going to edit interface on my iPad instead of on my Mac. <laughs> and then every week I'm like, oh, but the time commitment and the app's not quite the same, and learning curve and everything else. But if they just had logic on the sure. iPad and it was just like the Mac app, I'd be so fast at this. But you wouldn't be because you'd be using the crappy little controls of your finger. Right. And, and so it's like, while in theory it sounds good, it's, it maybe isn't. But I think that's what people want is they want to now move to the future. Like you said, yeah. we've been doing keyboard think- and mouse for so many years that people want to move to this new future technology where they're, you know, mushing their finger against the screen instead. And that if, if, they, yeah. if they can well, do people work want that is- way, they want to or they will. They want that. They want the same power, but it doesn't have to be in the same interface. So, like Pixelmator, the the Photoshop variations for iPad are all great because they give you the same sort of control and ability, or or close to it. But it's in an interface that has been optimized for your fat chubby finger. I know Chase has super svelte stylus like stylus like fingertips, so this isn't an issue for him. No, it's fine. But he I, has a surface with the with the, right. the pencil or pen. Right. I have chorizo for fingers, so it's an issue. <laughs> Oh, uh, does it leave a smear as well? Oh, you could never, you could never have a touchscreen laptop, could you? Dogs love me though. <laughs> Should we take a break? Mm, break. Hey everybody, Ian again. I just wanted to take a quick second to thank you all for listening to Interface. Whether you're a longtime subscriber or new to the show, we appreciate you giving us a little bit of your time and listening to us chat. If you can find an additional minute or so, we'd be super thankful if you could give us a rating or review in iTunes. It really helps us know you're listening, and it gives us great feedback on how we're doing. Once again, thanks for listening. Without you, we'd be recording these calls for nothing. So I heard that handoff is the neatest thing, and Andrew, would you like to tell me your thoughts on what handoff is? is I'll hand off the conversation to you. Swipe up from the bottom, and there it is. 
Yeah. It has so much potential, but I think it's been poorly implemented by a lot of applications. Wait, what is it? What is it, first of all? So you can toss data between your various devices, between your laptop and your laptop, your phone and your phone, tablet, phone and computer, everything like that. third party or iOS? It's it's a core system feature. Okay, so it's 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 iOS and OS. It's an Apple. Okay, yeah. Sorry. Mac OS. But it's an Apple thing. And in theory, it works really well because it means you can have like you can have application agnostic data. So I could be like working on like a text document on my computer and then throw it over to a text editor on my phone. The really powerful stuff comes in when you have like the same application running on your computer and on like your iPad or something like that. So you can toss them in between each other and you could potentially pick up exactly where you left off on something else. So you could be using your desktop and then when you're done needing the features you want on that or whatever, you can toss it over something else and finish it up into different applications. Or, or a really great example for me a lot of times is I read the email on my phone. And I'm like, oh, this response is going to be more than one sentence. And so I hand off to my Mac. Right. Do my right, there. And Push Bullet is something that does it similarly. As <laughs> uh, I'm but, pushing but, you messages. But Push Bullet, yeah, it's, I think it's specifically text-based, which means this allows you, in theory, you could like, you'd be watching a movie on, so like, this would be a right. great use case. Like I could be on the airplane watching a movie, we finish it up, we get home, and then I should be able to take the movie and throw it up onto my Apple TV and have mm. it pick up from exactly where I left off. Yeah, that makes sense. I get that. And Push Bullet is obviously not a core system feature, right? So they're way right. limited in the things that you can transfer. But right. It sounds like the premise is the same where like I'm working on a file and I want to literally push it over to my other device or browser you're or handing whatever. It off to or Push Bullet's limited. Yeah, you're handing it off to another device. But handoff obviously seems like the better implementation of it because you can open up in word on the other device or whatever for a push bullets right. like here's the actual file you have to now really open and what yeah. seems really good about that is the ability to have the, the platform the hardware you're using be totally irrelevant to the task you're getting done so you can always choose the right tool for the right job which means that if i have to the only issue the only issue that comes in typically is you have to have an application that's supported on both sides with like obviously like websites, stuff like that are less of an issue sure. uh, because it just hands off from Safari to Safari or I think, I think Chrome is going off also now. Um, but like if I'm listening to a, uh, song in show an overcast in, you know, or something overcast actually does hand off from the app to the website, yep. oh. which is, which is creative, oh. uh, coding by Marco, but, um, it doesn't sync them though, which right. is unfortunate. Well, it syncs based on your last playback spot that the server picked up from your Overcast account if you're signed in on the desktop. Um, okay, so there's solutions okay. where the app doesn't exist on one right. platform so, that so listening to music like or watching okay. a video on an iPad or phone in videos or uh, uh, music app does not hand uh, do a handoff. Or I guess this is where this is where it gets a little gray. Handoff is the capacity to do that continuum is the part that actually keeps you at the same spot so just saying go from mail to mail is handoff go from this Mm -hmm. email to this the same email on the other device is continuum the idea is oh um or continuity excuse me continuums somebody else's thing oh perfect yeah yeah continuity yeah we can talk about that um so the the (laughs) The ability to do the handoff is one, the ability to be in the same spot as the other. Uh, but but some apps sure. don't implement that. Why? I'm not exactly sure because... So it's up, they, to, the, up to the developer right. and, and or something. And you think things like yeah. the music app or video app that could easily know where you were. You know, iTunes knows what you were mm-hmm. listening to because it knows I'm listening on another yeah. device and it tells me about it all the time. Um, or, or I watch <laughs> half of a movie on the computer and then I get home and I click play on the Apple TV on the same movie. 
and it says, do you want to resume playing or start from the beginning? So it knows that I left off somewhere. Why those things aren't there is, is frustrating, but it does, like Andrew said, it's, it's completely changing the way you can do things because it helps you get the task to the right device to do the task. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds like the better version of like, a my hacky way of doing it right now. So if I, I often will check my email on my way in and out of the building, right? Like just clearing out extra stuff. But if I, there's something I need to reply to, but I get, it's like that scenario where you start typing and it's like, Oh, this is going to be more than a sentence. I stop and I just back out of the app. So that way it saves as a draft and I can sit down on my computer and just open up the draft and complete it from there. Right. It just makes it one click closer because now now before you even open your email app, there's a little icon down in your dock that's like, do you want to do you oh, want to like pick up handoff. the app? And the, this is where Andrew has a, a problem with it: is the app has to be open on the originating device for it to happen. So oh, that's have, dumb. Why can't you just so queue you them have, up? Like, if if I look at an email yeah. and then I go, okay, and I lock my phone and put it in my pocket, within about five seconds. It's no longer it's in the queue for handoff. So I have to actually have my phone oh. in my hand and look at the email and then go to my Mac and click on it. And once I have it open on the Mac, then I can oh. put my phone away. Yeah. Yeah, you should be able to queue those up, it seems like. Um, so that's interesting, right? That's like a productivity, how to, how to actually use. This is the scenario in which you do own multiple devices and you want to select the best device for the job, right? Um. So I guess that's like that's a nice thing if you have multiple devices and you live in Apple land. Then you're if you're within the Apple ecosystem, then this seems like a nice implementation of it. In theory, well, I mean, it sounds like something that's going to get better if it's not being if it's not being abandoned. Hopefully, it's just improved over over time. They keep bringing it up every year, but it's been out since like I was eight. Yeah, and, and more and more apps take advantage oh. of it, and more and more apps do creative things. Like I said, Overcast does it now, where they've yeah. Marco's made it so it goes from app to web browser. Because could, he has a web app of it, even though there's yeah. no desktop app for it. And I think more and more things will get there. And I think as Apple pushes further into iCloud as this service that everybody needs and wants and whatever, more and more things mm-hmm. are going to work that way through it. Uh, but like Andrew said, it's it's the lack of innovation in the way you get to it that gets complicated. It sounds like... You can correct me if I'm wrong, but handoff sounds like the thing that's a good idea to everybody who watches WWDC, but for the vast majority of Apple users, they don't care. Like, like you have multiple Apple devices, you have productivity options where you know something is better than the other. Like for us, we're like, oh yeah, that sounds like a total use case. Like I would absolutely use it in this scenario, but probably like maybe it's just not used as much as they want now, it to be used. Another cool thing that, that does work, and I, I, I'm sure you use this, Andrew, um, you look at a bunch of, you have six, eight web pages open on your phone or your iPad. Uh-huh. Yeah, one of the situations where you don't need to keep your phone out as long as they're open on one of your other devices, and they were open when you closed the app or clo- like you know put your phone away. Mm-hmm. On the other mm-hmm. devices, it will show your Safari tabs from other devices. So on my Mac, it, oh yeah, Chrome does right, that. So on it's my Mac, handy. it's like these are things that are open on your phone, and these are things that are open on your iPad. And I do that a lot of times. Like at home, we'll be making dinner, or I'll be about to make dinner, and CJ will have sent me a recipe. I'm looking at it on my phone, and I'm like, I don't want to do this, trying to follow a recipe on my phone, and the pop-up ads and all that other BS are on there, and so oh, I just get super sick of it. So I grab awful. my computer or my iPad, <laughs> and I'll pull it up on there instead. And because the tab was open on one device, it just carries over to the other. Yeah, no, that makes sense. 
Yeah, that's I use that all the time when I if I'm reading on Feedly, like on my phone, and I open in. So a lot of apps now have native browsers or like built-in browsers. A lot of the Google stuff is pushing like where they have built-in Chrome. Um, if it's so like if you have Firefox as your default browser on Android, like it'll still open in Chrome in app, and you actually have to open it in Chrome if you want. But anyway, what I'll do is I'll queue up a lot of things if it's something I want to read later like that. I just open it in Chrome. And then I can sit down on my laptop, and then you can open up the see all the tabs that are open on all yep. the other signed-in sessions. So, yeah, it's super handy. For other alternative ways to sort of be productive, and we can talk about these just because it sort of falls in with weight, the, the theme of, right, like having devices everywhere and using them for everything, well, or at least picking the, what you think is the <laughs> best use, use for them. Trying to use them for everything. Um, God, God bless us. We, we try. Um, one of these days, Ian, you're going to be able to record, edit, and do everything on your iPad, and it will only take you three days to do what would take you normally an hour on desktop. <laughs> the, the dream, <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Yeah, that's right. Actually, that's the that, dream. Uh, that uh, cast... Uh, TriCast, I think, uh, offers basically that, where we all, instead of doing Skype, we would all jump on there and record through a web interface. It caches it, and then you actually do the editing on their web platform. Terrible. Hmm. Can I get all Andy Rooney on you for a minute here? Sure. The problem Mm -hmm. with all this stuff is that everything lives in its own walled garden, and so you have Skype that has its own protocol, you have all these voice apps that have their own protocol. If everybody's used the open stuff like we did back in the day, then this wouldn't be an issue because everybody could conform to the same protocol, and you could have your video chat and your audio chat built into every application you needed it built into. That would be nice. You know, know, I I heard there's an app out that's going to solve that for us. The problem is that it, so the internet the internet used to be about people getting together and sharing information, but now it's all about money. It was always about money. <laughs> well, I, you can make an argument that the 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 progenitors were not about money. What's his face like? The guy who's found this. Yeah, that guy. He's all about. Did you wait? Okay, we don't need to talk about the state, but did you see his thing about like selling your data, like packeting up your data in your own personal cloud, and then you can give access to each individual like cell to different services? Have you guys well, seen that's this? Good. So it's like you, if you want to store your like contact information, your friend information and something different, your work information and something different, it's all stored in these little like cells. And then you give permission to services by cell. Like, oh, yeah, you can have my work phone and work contact information, but you may not have my personal contact list and whatever. Anyway, that's, that's way, a whole other thing. That's a good way of handling, I think, privacy in general. That's the whole bit. Yeah. It's, yeah. Anyway, okay, that's a different topic. But... Okay, so quickly though, I do want to talk about the other devices that let you do stuff with mobile. So um, something that I looked at, I don't know, I think it was like two years ago, I bought this Motorola thing called a lap dock, and it was meant for the Motorola Atrix. It's an Android device, and you could plug in the phone in the back, and it would just give, it would give you a desktop names. interface. Yeah, it would give you a desktop interface with a keyboard and a mouse and a battery and all that stuff, but it just used your phone as the computer. And I was like, hey, you know what? And this was 2012, I think. I thought, this is an amazing deal because I really like my phone, and my phone seems like oh. it can do a lot more than just the trash that I use it for, right? Oh, my God. So Wait, I, hold on. You weren't kidding. It literally sits right behind the screen. Yeah, I'm not That's kidding. That's limiting how far back you can have your screen. <laughs> Seriously. Well, I mean, at like 140 degrees, it's not that bad. But I guess unless you had a, a <laughs> your webcam at the bottom of your monitor, <laughs> that would be a problem. <laughs> Come on, Dell. Um, uh, or anyway, if you wanted so. to use it as a touch device. <laughs> yeah, and so that doesn't have a touch screen either. That's just the keyboard mouse support for it. Um, but anyway, that was Motorola doing some on-the-top desktop interface for um, using Android apps, right? So, like, that's neat. So I got one of those, and I read that you could do some hacky stuff to use other phones with it. I never got around to it, but I gave it to a friend who used a Raspberry Pi and built a laptop out of it. And it is the hackiest-looking laptop of all time with a Raspberry Pi bolted to the back of the screen. Anyway, um, 
So that's cool. And there's been a couple of iterations since then. But the two that seem to stand up, one is so one is Microsoft Continuum, what was what Ian was joking about earlier. Continuum is the effort to take your Microsoft or Windows phone, right? Plug it into a a docking station and the docking station is you know, your keyboard mouse monitor. And so mm-hmm. you can use it as Windows because Windows 10 is more or less universal across all devices. So if you can plug your phone in, you can use all your Windows 10 stuff and you can run desktop app, desktop apps and all that. There's nothing stuff. better blah, than blah, using blah. a phone's processor to power your computer. <laughs> well, I mean, for to, to be like checking email and writing Word docs or whatever, it like, it doesn't seem like it's the worst. And, and actually, you know, I agree with you that like it's, they're currently underpowered, but it's not going to be long before our phones are like, everything you need more right they've got these quad core phones coming out now (laughs) man just newfangled four cores and all so (laughs) let's talk about hyper threading um oh no let's not (laughs) so so the idea that you could use your phone as your computer is i mean forget if you're talking about continuing on microsoft or trying to use this other like weird andromium thing or that seems to be working fine or any other ios you know component if somebody wanted to build one or that's the direction they go regardless of all that the idea of having one computer that you use for everything that happens to like, maybe you have the mobile version of Photoshop that you're using and then you plug it into the dock and it goes to the desktop version with your keyboard and mouse. That's very That good. would be neat, right? Like, that's a good idea. That's very um, good. So like I, we're all endeared with the idea of just carrying around one computer if we have to carry a computer at all because I don't right. think it's going to be long before we just, you it's know, the, whatever. It's, it's the it's min- miniaturization dream. of what so many companies are already doing where you're now, like right now you're issued a work laptop and then you get to your desk and there's a little docking station with a keyboard and a mouse yep. and like two monitors or whatever. And so you just like stick your computer yep. in and you never actually open the laptop when you're there. So now you have a desktop right. and you take it with you to go to a meeting yep. and now you have a laptop. So it's just like the next scale version of that. And you say, now I yep. want to take my phone and plug my phone into the dock and I get the monitor and the keyboard and the mouse. Or I want to take it to a meeting yep. and have this laptop box that I, you know, stick it into a little port on the side. I mean, imagine that if like, instead of a, a diskette drive in the side of your laptop, now you have one that's the size of an iPhone and just like, shoop. Yeah. I really like that idea. I like, although I still like the, uh, I like the, the guys that, the guys and gals that plug their phone into the, they're doing this on this like Superbook. So Superbook is the other thing we're talking about. That's the physical device. It's the shell that runs Andromium and you can plug your Android device into to make a laptop. And they've got these fancy clips to clip your phone to the side and it runs like, so you can still see your phone up. And I don't know how well the phone works with that, but I can tell you, I saw the guys do that. um, Saw some individuals do that with their surfaces where you could mount your surface as it was docked and oh also God. an extra monitor. And that worked really well. I saw people do it with iPads, right? Like you can do it with yeah, an iPad can, as well. Yeah. I've got a great app called Duet, yeah. which works really well for that, but I don't try to hang it next to my screen. No, I mean like I saw somebody who made like a really nice mount, like, and it was like a, a semi-permanent mount where you could put your that's surface what, right next. But that's what but, a monitor is for. Yeah. But it, Oh, you're not going to tell me you don't like the idea of two monitors? Okay, we're, we're, we're done with this conversation if you don't like multiple monitors. You, you know what's great? <laughs> the iPad next to a laptop monitor is like the perfect size, like especially like a 12-inch yeah. iPad, you know, the iPad Pro, actually fits pretty perfectly next to right. it. So you could... Yeah. Yep. But if I'm going to use a 
if I'm going to make a semi-permanent desktop mount, I'm just going to get a permanent monitor that can yeah, sit you there. you have the iPad. No, you can do that too. I'm just It's an ingenious use of having – its your so like in this case, I think maybe the Surface was going to drive that monitor no matter what. Like you couldn't route – if you can run two external monitors, you're always going to be able to run two, but it doesn't mean you can't run the native Surface monitor. They just wanted to have the third one. I don't know. But anyway, the idea of like using the device that's running as a second monitor is kind of – that's kind of cool, I guess. Um, I don't know that the phone makes a ton of sense. I guess it could be like your notification panel or something maybe. But um, I've actually – I've done the full nerd thing where I have had Duet Display running on my iPhone, my laptop, my my iPad, and also had my external monitor plugged in. So I had four displays going. What it kind actually, of idiot would use an extra display? No, no, no. It's not, it's not using an extra display. It's having a permanent mount for your iPad. I just said it. I say some guy makes a mount for his dock. What an idiot. But I'll tell you what I did. I made two. No, so it was absurd. He was yeah. just put miniaturized iTunes on his phone. So all he had was pause, play, forward and backwards. And so he just had like this little like three button switcher for that. And then he put his uh, Chrome with his Gmail up on the iPad, which he could have just done in the Gmail Wait, iPad no. app. Yeah. No, but what no, you, I'm being obtuse because because the way it actually makes sense is that you would like, duh, Andrew, you could just like take the iPad with you when you're done. <laughs> <laughs> when you said semi permanent, I thought like the iPad was like bolted into no, this no, thing and it was no. stuck to the desk. Like no, just the buy mod- a monitor. It's bolted no, in. No, the iPad comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get it. I got it. Station. Yeah, that makes more uh, sense. Like for yeah. for eight hundred dollars, you could buy a very nice <laughs> monitor. For for two hundred dollars, you can buy a decent monitor. That's yeah. I saw twenty nine inch monitors. On slick deals yesterday for two hundred and nine. I mean, and that's not even Black Friday season. So, I mean, hell, you could buy a panel and then build your own case out of wood and just like hang it up on your wall, right? You know, you have to remember that some some of these things, people building these mounts and whatever, they're only doing it simply to say they did. Like it's it's yes, not right. like oh, I built this mount for my iPad because I really really wanted to use my iPad as a monitor instead of as an iPad. No, they did it because then they can be like, check out this thing I did this one time and posted to Instructables so that other people who were like, I have a great idea. I wonder if there's directions for that. Oh, look, there are. Yeah, that's right. There's this guy who did this cool thing where he took uh, this. Okay, so he could have just done it with a monitor, but he took an entire 5K iPad and put a frame in it and mounted it in his wall so we could display art like any piece of art he wanted. Uh, and it looks really good here. I'll send it. But uh, the real trick of it was designing the system so that it could detect the light outside and then adjust its uh, brightness and color to match it. So it wouldn't look like it was a screen glowing. So it actually looks like it's part of like, like, like light is reflecting yeah, off of it cool. as opposed to being projected from it. I want that as every, as every, uh, photo frame in my home so that way right like when and i've said this before like when your relatives so your your mom comes to visit and she's like pulling in the driveway and you're like crap and then you go hey alexa switch to mom pictures <laughs> <laughs> it'd be really and good though phone, so you could have all your photos are weighted like 80 percent te- technically mom's i think you have to say <laughs> trigger mom pictures that's <laughs> right when mom you have to build the whole hacking workflow to do it that's so and bad. then she drives your brother. She drives like the other car over, and it doesn't switch. She's like, "Wait, what happened to the pictures?" No, I think would be really cool is you have it's just like pictures of you and your family, like like painted portraits all throughout your house, and because there's cameras on them, you can keep track. Of people are so the eyes follow them. <laughs> you call it RL Mona. Oh my god, this podcast is over. And you can find show notes for this week's episode at interface.fm/slash twenty. If you're into Reddit, drop us a line, join the conversation at our Interface Podcast. Follow the show on Twitter at underscore Interface FM. Find us on Facebook, search Interface Podcast, click the mouse cursor, all that good stuff. Uh, 
Google us. Can I give a friendly reminder? Google us. Oh, friendly reminder. Oh, yeah. Please, please, please do reviews on iTunes. It's really, really important. And uh, it's it's helped us so much. We got featured new and new and noteworthy. That means that at least 50% of, the, of those two words is true about us. We're either new or noteworthy. <laughs> noteworthy. Um, finally, thanks to you, our listeners, for tuning in and subscribing. And we'll be back next Monday and every Monday. Like clockwork. Alright guys, I should probably go and do my job. Yeah. Doing no worthy is great, but it doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> so far not a whole lot. Not here, yet guys. it doesn't. <laughs> what Ian, you're not taking in a fat oh. check every week? We're not you know, I was, I was waiting for that quarterly payout here in the next uh I'll send you the bill. <laughs> <laughs> if there really is a bill you should let me know, and that's also no, not a I joke. I, I have not incurred any new expenses that I'm aware of. That, at least not self-imposed. <laughs>